Hello, and welcome to the Sound of History podcast. Ow! <laughs> My name is Nick. <laughs> I just got bit by the cat that I love. That's Mika. <laughs> this is a music history podcast where I'm attempting to teach her music history. And she is trying to pet a cat who does not want to be pet. He does. If he didn't want to be pet, he wouldn't be sitting right here. That's not true. He sits a lot of places. Can but you then hear me? Yes. <laughs> Am I loud enough? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that oh, was no. horrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That ended up so much worse than I thought it was going to. Hey, hey. Well, you were like getting staticky. You were, you turned me all the way down. Not all the way, just a hair because you're getting staticky when I turned you up. I'm just going to tell you guys about my day. It sucked for the most part. Um, I, I took a lot of now. naps. No, this is sound check. <laughs> oh, well, the sound check gets cut out. <laughs> well, I was going to make it so that it didn't get cut out. All right. Well, let's yeah. just do make as the host me? now. Can you hear me? All right. Well, this is, is the music. Is it time for me to tell them about why my day sucked? <laughs> Sure. So we're going to do Mika's the host now. This is already, we missed two weeks and then our podcast is just derailed. Mika's the host now. Oh no. What's up guys? Hi. How are you doing? How, how are you doing? I hope your week was better than my week. I had a crazy week, but Nick and I just went to dinner. It was great. I love food. Does everyone else like love food? Just, just does anyone else get like excited about the art and the culture behind food? Just, just like food, you know. Mm. Also, everywhere has Brussels sprouts. That's the topic of conversation from the past week and a half. Like everywhere has Brussels sprouts now. They're so trendy, which is great because like no one appreciated Brussels sprouts before. But like, damn. What other what other vegetables? I like zucchini. What other vegetables? What? Just in Just general? Like other vegetables. What other know. vegetables? What other vegetables? <laughs> That's your new podcast coming <laughs> to Spotify this fall. What other vegetables? <laughs> I, Where she I tries Brussels and, and says, yes, but what, what other, other vegetables? <laughs> and then just For names example, vegetables. Adamame. All right, that's Listen, episode guys. one. Save it. Save it for episode one. No. Adamame. I would like to plug Adamame. You can get frozen Adamame from Kroger. Just Kroger brand. Steamable. In the bag. They're delicious. Add some salt. It's great. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Save it for what other vegetables? Anything else you oh want to plug with Nick is the host now? Um, Tarte Man Eater Mascara. I never use wow. I never use high end or like like Sephora level mascara, you know, but it's pretty good. And if this gets edited and posted before Ulta's Twenty One Days of Beauty, my ladies out there, it's gonna be half off. It's like eleven dollars. It's great. I have the worst ma- like I have the worst eyelashes. They always fall out. I have like none of them, and and I feel like it makes it all very like defined it makes it look like i have so many lashes like it's just not clumpy and i know that clumpy is in but 
but this just makes me look like I have eyelashes, and I really appreciate that. So thank you to Tarte Maneater Mascara. This post is not sponsored. <laughs> it could be, though. Get in contact with us if yeah, you want to sponsor Mika as the host now. <laughs> or what other vegetables. Just let us know. Oh, my God. And we'll get you a happening? sponsorship. Are we done with Mika as the host now? No. Oh, no. I'm wearing a great sweater. That's true. <laughs> help. <laughs> okay, I'm going to help by... We're done with Mika's house. <laughs> help. <laughs> okay, Mika's no longer no, those. <sighs> I just want everyone to consider. Just, Just consider. And if you disagree, then I will consider what you have to say also. At me, at soundofhistory underscore on our Twitter, where Nick posts things that are relevant and I post singing animals. But anyway, please continue to wear a mask. Things are getting better. It just really is a polite thing to do. It makes everyone feel more comfortable, even if it's slightly a bummer. I get that. It messes up your lipstick. I get it. I get it. It's hard to breathe sometimes. I wear masks all the time. I get it. But it's like, it's just still important as we all get vaccinated. I just, just consider the people that you might come in contact with that maybe would not be able to fight off COVID. You don't know who they are. People who are immunocompromised do not always share that with everyone. There are children that are immunocompromised. So it's not a horrible thing for you to teach your children to wear a mask. It's possible our three-year-old niece wears a mask perfectly. She's fantastic. Big fan of her. She's so cute. Anyway, I guess I'm just asking for us to consider other people's feelings on it. It's not that huge a deal. That's all. I'm a little sad. That's all. That's all. That's the spirit we want you in for this podcast. Sad. Just <laughs> Sorry about the changing audio volume during <laughs> that last very impassioned and important speech. I was trying to Just figure out. Mask. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why Mika's mic is so much quieter. And I think I found the right setting to change oh, it. We're in the it? middle of you talking. This little button down here is turned all the way up on my channel, and it was like halfway on yours, but it made you louder. Hot so. damn. Is that seriously why I've been so quiet this whole entire Maybe, time? because you sound okay now. How right? many episodes have we done? <laughs> Too many. Good God. Right, we're Help. working on the sound quality, just Help. so you guys know. Help. Okay. Help. Are we Help. Are we done with me as the host now? We're ready to do I our actual like show. I feel like an asshole now for asking people to wear a mask. I don't know. Most people I, probably do. I just I feel like, like that's a fine thing to ask. It's just compassionate. It's just compassionate. And I feel like sometimes we don't consider that it's just a compassionate thing to do. It's a selfless thing to do. In addition to keeping you safe, like it also is just like kind. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Forget me. I'm jaded about the healthcare industry. We've already talked about how all hospitals are assholes tonight. Just, just good God. 
Make me stop talking. I've tried like three times. <laughs> I've tried to end your segment now several times. <laughs> and you just kept on going. Are we tonight, done with Mika's the host? Tonight's now? Mika's the host now is brought to you by her first espresso martini. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. We're going to actually talk about the point of the podcast, which is music history. What are we learning about now, Nicholas? It's been a couple weeks since we've done this. Sorry about that. Schedules got in the way. Work schedules and birthday parties and all kinds of stuff. Wait, who had a birthday? Micah. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Micah. Kelsey. Happy birthday, Kelsey. (laughs) Okay, so do you you remember what we've been talking about the past few weeks? Yeah, that was the last one. Do you remember, like, in general? Rock and roll. Yep. We're not talking about rock and roll this time. We're moving on from that. The past few weeks, we've been talking about the birth of rock and roll, which was probably the biggest genre to come out of America, maybe besides jazz, but I still think rock might be a little bit bigger. The next few weeks, we're going to talk about a few other genres that emerged in the 50s and had a massive impact on music as well. Any guesses on what we're talking about this week? Do you think 50s music that's not rock and roll? Your butt. (laughs) No. Well, kind of. We're talking about soul music. Are you saying your (laughs) butt is soulful? Yes. All right. Well, this is now a bad time to ask this question. What do you think of when you think of soul music? Your butt. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a real answer? Like what if someone know, said probably, what soul music? It's what would probably you say? rooted in African American history and music. Yes, just if I had is. to guess. <laughs> <laughs> All music besides country is basically. Hey. Oh no. That guy on TikTok had his country music about a horse. That's true. He was great. What's his name? Law something. I don't know. Wow, great plug. We're great. <laughs> I don't know. Parody about a horse on TikTok. It's the guy who makes internet drama I've into never TikTok felt songs. So old. He does that a lot. People probably know him. He's very viral. Have you seen that TikTok? Oh my goodness. Okay. Someone showed me this TikTok. I'm just about to about turn <laughs> off your microphone. <laughs> Help. You keep saying that, but then you just keep <laughs> Not accepting the help. Okay, so soul music. (laughs) Soul music. It has been said that soul music was invented when people, after World War II, decided to make gospel music secular. And that's kind of the best description of it, basically. So was Little Richard that made it a thing? No, I mean, he... I guess he was sort of like a predecessor, but he like switched it up. He did R&B and then switched back to gospel. These are people who took like gospel songs and made them not about Jesus. We'll, we'll talk more about it. You'll understand more of what I'm saying. I now, I'm now realizing, well, when I wrote this months ago, that we never so did. right now. <laughs> that we never did an episode on gospel music, even though it influenced so much in American music. But, oh well. Can't really go back and do it now. So, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's irresponsible of you. <laughs> okay, well then, sum it up for us right now. What is gospel music? In, in a very, very brief <laughs> summary. Gospel music 
is the Holy Spirit working in the souls of artistic, talented people who sing about his goodness with such conviction and power and artistic talent. That's all. All right. See, we didn't need to do an episode. That covered it. We're good. That's soul music. That's I mean, not, that's, that's gospel, gospel music. Sorry. I'm sure like I'm sure people know gospel. We don't need to talk about it. That's not gospel. That's Panic at the Disco, which is disco music, not gospel. That's the Soul music is yet another branch of rhythm and blues, which you remember rhythm and blues, right? Yes, you also sang that during the rhythm and blues episode. (laughs) It was also wrong then. (laughs) The uh, soul music was being born around the same time that people like Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry were developing the rock and roll sound. Chuck Berry. And the two genres really like merged with each other and kind of played off of each other as they grew up and evolved. The very first soul songs were quite literally gospel songs. African-American musicians would take the gospel music they heard in churches growing up, change the lyrics, and that would be a soul song. The up-tempo gospel would become faster, dancier soul songs, while the slower gospel would become slow love ballads. You tracking with me? You look very confused. I'm thinking about that one song that's like a uh, Irish drinking song, but like we sing it every Christmas. Old Lang Syne or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like that. But by doing that, the initial soul songs were like automatically familiar and nostalgic while still being fun and a little bit relatable lyrically. A great example of this is Ray Charles's 1954 hit, I've Got a Woman, Way Across Town, which is a gospel song called It Must Be Jesus with new lyrics. That sounds or like actually, it is very different topics. Yeah, I mean, it's completely different lyrics. It also might be a song called Here Is I've Got a Savior, so it might be I've Got a Savior instead of I've Got a Woman. I don't know. Like I, I had, I went back and forth on this in the research. I'm sorry, I just did that thing with my mouth. <laughs> it's okay. Do you want to hear? I've got a savior. Who is doing this? What's happening? Is Here, this Ray Charles? Isn't Ray Charles like older? We're talking about 1950s music. What do you mean old? Is Ray Charles from the 1950s? Yes. He so is? older. Yeah, he's gone to start in the 1950s, and then he went on way after that, but yeah. What? <laughs> but this is a gospel song called It Must Be Jesus, otherwise known sometimes as I've Got a Savior. I don't know. I've seen it both ways. That Ray Charles changed the lyrics to one and made it a song called I've Got a Woman. So we're going so to listen to this first. It Must Be Jesus, and then we're going to listen yes. to it's I've Got a Woman Across Town. Yes. And we're going to see if it's comparable because okay. I went back and like I the research was a little murky on this one. So it, it, these might be completely different songs. That and would I messed be up funny. in the script. Oh, there's a man Jesus. 
This is by the Southern Tones, by the way. That's a must be Jesus. The only thing that I took away from those lyrics is it must be Jesus. And I'm quite honestly too tipsy to pick up on the rest of the words. <laughs> okay. Well, we're just going to have to pretend like you can. Okay. okay. I sure I sure do love Jesus though. So I'm <laughs> down. Like, let's go to church. Let's go. And na- next we're going to listen to I've Got a Woman, which has since been seen as basically the prototype of soul music. It's one of the earliest examples of a soul song. And it's Ray Charles? Yes. I did not know what time period he, fat, he yeah, fit 50s. into. 50s, maybe early 60s. I don't remember. Who else is in the 50s? Elvis? Yes. And Ray Charles. And Chuck Berry. And Chuck Berry? Chuck Berry seems older than Ray Charles. Nope. Same time. But anyway, as you'll hear... This song is pretty similar to other R&B songs of this time period. Like, it's kind of little Richardy, but it's seen as, like, the first building block of soul music. Here's I've Got a Woman. I got a woman. How old is Stevie Wonder compared to Ray Charles? I think Stevie Wonder was, like, 60s. Oh, yeah. 60s, 70s. Say, I got a woman. Man, his teeth are I was not paying enough attention. I didn't think you were. So that's okay. Our listeners were. And they can tell. Guys, is it the same? Do you recognize this from? I'm pretty sure that's a Kanye West sample. That's why everyone knows that. I'm not going to lie. I know this from Glee. Oh. So you know a bad version, probably. Listen, Archie did a great job of it. All right. Well, that's Ray Charles. I've got a woman. I was going to ask you if you thought it was similar, but you don't remember I them. I don't so know. We're just going to move on, and you guys can tweet us and let us know if you thought they were similar. Soul music was known for its characteristic searing vocal intensity. Oh. Church style call and response. Oh, okay. And it's melisma. Do you know what that is? No. It's singing one syllable of text while moving between many different notes in succession. Hell yeah. So a run. Kind of, yeah, but like on one syllable of a, like of a word right. in the text. Okay. It was essentially doo-wop and gospel music coming together for strong vocal performances with traditional gospel music. Soul was also able to flourish because of the huge popular popularity of race records and R&B. These genres created room in the industry for African-American entrepreneurs to start up channels and ways for black musicians to be heard. Are you paying attention? Partially. Call and response. That was a while ago. Yeah. So the success of race records and R&B created right, room right, in the industry right, right. for African-American entrepreneurs right. to start up channels and ways for black musicians to be heard. Yes. People are finally listening to black people. Yes. Or at least are allowed to say that they are. Right. But like only in music. Yes. Only their what they create, not actually their opinions. Right. Not in their opinion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because we still don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Got it. <laughs> 
things like black-owned radio stations and record labels started to spring up and really kind of like have a have a little bit of a niche in the industry. Okay, that's cool. We're starting not as big of a niche as they deserved, but you know they had something. We starting with people paying attention to those black-owned businesses. That's cool. These entrepreneurs were able to hire and train session musicians and songwriters specifically to fit the need of African American musicians. So instead of trying to teach lame white session musicians how to play that sound hey. <laughs> it was actually people who knew the sound and they could like train them how to be better at playing it for those records that is true let's not call them lame <laughs> soul we can't music. just get in this this like dichotomy of like it's 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 lazy to be in this dichotomy of like white art bad black art good it's okay. lazy. We need to appreciate. At, at, I feel like at this time, the white musicians weren't known for being hip and with it in terms of you what You just the said kids hip wanted. and with it, so screw it. Everyone who's white <laughs> doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, those were the terms back in the time. I'm sticking to the time. Soul music also traced the growing desegregation of black and white culture. You can see that more radically in rock and roll, but soul music spoke a little better to the older generation who recognized the gospel influences as well as the jazz elements of the songs. I want to clarify. Uh-oh. I'm barely paying attention. I'm very I sorry. I'm aware of that. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm not that sorry. I want to clarify that I feel like it doesn't hold as much weight to like appreciating the art of like black Americans if we are just like yes good white bad like I want to just like I feel like that's cheap okay that's why I said that okay. it is my greatest fear that I will say something <laughs> that is not thought out and that that's your I'll entire segment hey <laughs> you're saying things you haven't thought out in Mika's list. yeah and that's why I don't tell people that we do this hi Jess <laughs> okay so yeah, what are we talking about? Rock and roll was really known for bridging that racial gap. Like, teenagers of all colors and shapes and sizes, they all loved rock and roll. It was a great, like, mixing of different cultures. But soul was also kind of that, but a little bit, like, not as much. So it's like the PG-13 Sort of like soul <laughs> appealed to the older crowd. The older, you because, did say that. Yes, because it had gospel influences. Because it was church. Yes, except talking about their women instead of Jesus. Right. And right, it also right. had a little bit more jazzy elements than rock and roll might have had. So it was doing what rock and roll did for teenagers, but way less explosively. That's and, cool. And, but unfortunately, the racial prejudices still ran pretty deep. Gosh darn it. I mean, that shouldn't be a shock. I'm so <laughs> bad about it. Damn it. Rock music also helped soul because rock made white pop music sound so old school and uncool. Young people found it hard to listen to people like Chuck Berry and Little Richard and then go back to Frank Sinatra and still feel as cool and rebellious. That's fair. Yeah. So it created space for other forms of African-American pop music to flourish. Yeah. Soul being similar but just different enough to rock kind of filled that void left. Okay, so, wait, this sounds like a good thing. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, we're not talking about the prejudices right now. That's oh, just okay. like okay. It, it's okay. still there. I don't okay. want I just didn't want this to come across as like everything's great right now in American because it's not. Like things are still when is not everything great. great in America. I mean never, but I don't want people to think that I'm like, Yeah, this was a great time for America it. Sucks. It's, like, it's still the world very sucks. prejudiced in music right now. And I feel like people that needed to be worst. said. Yes, prejudice. People suck. All right. But let's s- talk about music. Soul music was a great like in between for people who might not be all with the whole like rock and roll culture but also kind of didn't want to listen to the old swing bands anymore it was that kind of in between okay there are a lot of people who influenced the birth of soul music that we should mention who little richard's music incorporated elements of soul and influenced a lot of great soul musicians after him hey i said that yeah you did i did i remembered his name and everything but we already talked about him so we're not really going to go deeper into him just go listen to our episode on little richard if you want to hear more about him it's very interesting yep ray charles is probably the most important person for the birth of soul alive in the 50s yes but we're gonna talk about him next week so we'll hear more about his story and what he did next week well you know next episode this whole I need time, to stop putting next week in the script because that's very unreliable at this point. Hey, I feel like this whole time I've been like, yeah, I'm not going to know who these people are t- until we, you know, we get to like Ella. Yeah. I know Ella. Well, yeah, I know that Izzy. Was 20 years or 10 years ago. I know. But like now we're getting to like Elvis and Ray Charles yeah. and like names that I like have heard. Yeah. I need to like change my brain to be like, hey. You know this thing, but like not really. Yeah. You know? I but thought like, it might be more interesting like we're still to you. Old, I mean, but we it's are. not that old. It's 70 years ago. That's not that bad. It's that's not, a, it's a that's whole a It's person. a generation, though. That's a whole person. <laughs> it's a generation ago, basically. Damn. James Brown. Time is weird. James Brown. I know that name. Yeah. James Brown is known as the father or the godfather of soul to most people. Oh, why is he the godfather? James Brown is arguably one of the most influential people in all of American music, period. What? But we're going to talk more about him when we talk about funk, since he played a massive part in birthing that genre as well. That'll be fun. Yeah. I like funk. Really, it is just important to recognize James Brown's impact on soul music. He was one of the foundation, like foundational pieces of soul, and he's often known as soul brother number one. Because of just like how important like he was Funk to the birth. Soul brother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm here's... sorry to you. I'm sorry to the people that are listening that are trying <laughs> to make sense of this bullshit. I'm sorry. Here is one of James Brown's please, earlier songs please, called Please, Please, Please. please. Sounds like gospel. Only because it's like. Yeah, and it's his lead vocal with backing vocals responding to him. I don't know if this record still stands, but I'm pretty sure he is the most sampled musician in all of music history. Like, people take his songs and make them into songs more than anyone else in history. 
Megan is hot. All right, well, that's next round. We'll talk James more about Brown, him later. Oh, man. But I feel like we can't talk about soul music Hello. without at least mentioning him. Are we talking about soul? Does, uh, do you guys? Yes, we're talking about soul, and it worries me that that was your question. <laughs> we are half an hour into episode about soul music. Damn it. <laughs> I really need feedback. Oh, no. Do I need to shut the hell up? <laughs> Genuine question. No. Soul Tell- reason you're on this, so it's not boring. Yeah, but I'm also making us not talk about what we're talking about. <laughs> Are we okay? <laughs> like, tell me. Do I need to shut the hell up? That's all. Okay, continue. If I don't get <laughs> one person clarifying that I do not need to shut the hell up, I'm going to have an existential crisis. Okay, continue. <laughs> Another one of Soul's founding fathers is a Chicago-born singer named Sam Cooke. I think my brain is combining Sam Smith with the guy from Holes. That's like, I can fix that. <laughs> Not not either one of them. <laughs> Whereas Ray Charles epitomized the grittier side of soul music, Sam Cooke was instrumental in developing the softer, sweeter side. The people he influenced, like Michael Jackson, James Taylor, and Smokey Robinson, treated Sam Cooke as one of the greatest singers of all time. What did you say? Sorry. Maybe he influenced Sam Smith. I mean, Probably. He at least influenced Michael Jackson, who probably influenced Sam Smith. Sam Cooke started in gospel and was pretty groundbreaking in that genre as well. He was a part of an electrifying gospel group known as the Soul Stirrers that broke new ground in that genre and pushed the envelope a little bit on it. My soul feels stirred by that name. Well, there you go. That's a very like <laughs> impactful name. Yep. Some of his gospel songs were massively influential to people like Aretha Franklin and other prominent Motown artists of the 60s. I love Aretha Franklin. Yeah. We'll talk about her, I'm sure, eventually. He added a lighter vocal to gospel music that was used to thundering... Oh, gospel music was used to thundering singers at that point. So he added like a little bit of a softer, sweeter voice to it. That's cool. That's cool. Anybody can worship God. Here's one of the Soul Stirrers songs. Called oh, it Near My God to Me. in his gospel music face. Well, we're going to hear more Sam Cooke. Hey, does everyone know that Cook has an E at the end? It does. <laughs> just just letting you know, I was surprised. Yeah, you're right. I should have said Sam Cookie. That, that should... <laughs> <laughs> but in 1957, 
Sam decided, rather controversially, to go secular. The move eventually cost him his spot in the Soul Stirrers. Although he originally had the blessing of his label to release secular music under a different name, Dale Cook, without an E, that fooled no one. I am unhappy. Uh oh. I am unhappy at the stigma of people wanting to make music that is not strictly about Jesus. I am all about the music about Jesus. Love it. There for it. Really big part of my life. But like, can we not shame people that are like, hi, I want to sing a song about this lady that I'm super into. (laughs) Like, it's so like it's, it's us versus them. And can we just not do the us versus them thing? I mean, it's also just not what his label did. Like, they did gospel music, so if he's not doing gospel music, they're probably like, what? We we don't publish this. What are you doing? I guess that makes sense from, like, a uh, business label point. The head of the label didn't like the kind of secular music that Sam was making at this time. That's different. That's different. That is not, we don't do that. We do this genre. That is I disagree with you wanting to sing about something maybe, other than maybe the just love of like Jesus Christ. Maybe you just don't like the music. It's possible. You don't like some music. I don't like without some. I don't singing. know. But if you look at the history of like yeah. the church and being judgy, what yeah. do you want to bet that <laughs> it's a judgy thing? That's all. Rant done. When the head of his label walked in on Sam covering a Gershwin song, they had a big argument, and Sam left the label. Who's Gershwin? We talked about him. The Gershwin brothers, they did Broadway stuff. Oh, heaven forbid. <laughs> oh, my God. How dare. The audacity. <laughs> so after that, Sam Cooke was officially secular in his music. See, this is why people leave the church. Perhaps unexpectedly, it was his father, a preacher, who encouraged Sam to go secular. Wow, 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 wow. That was a lot. That was a lot of energy right there. (laughs) There was a lot to, there's a, listen, there is a lot to be wrapped up in in this that should not be covered by a person who can't find words when she's 1000% sober. It's true. So like, let's just acknowledge that a pastor's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, you'll like this next part. Great. Tell me. Sam said, quote, My father told me it was not what I sang that was important, but that God gave me a voice and musical talent, and the true use of his gift was to share it and make people happy. Hell yes! (laughs) And you know what? I bet he, like, praised God on the DL, too. Yeah, he also... Did did other other stuff on the DL as well. See, I wonder if there was something that made him... Not want to just praise God with his voice, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot to be said. It's not to be said by me. (laughs) Sam wrote most of his songs himself and styled himself as a Nat King Cole crooner type of singer. One of his first songs, which was a call, which is a song called You Send Me in 1957, shot to number one and established him as a superstar. Here Here he is performing You Send Me on some television show. To do things for your memory's sake. It's a beauty. See if you remember this is Sam Cooke singing. 
you send me. Darling, send me. I know you send me. Darling, you send me. Honest you do, honest you, honest you do. Take you home Sam Cooke with his first big so, hit, like, You Send Me. Secular. Oh, my God. Oh, where was he performing? No, oh, doesn't matter. I, that was lovely. That was honestly lovely. I, get, I just, it seriously is just the us versus them vibe that I am done with. I'm done. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like. While other stars of this period were playing into the whole sexual charisma of the frontman thing, basically the Elvis image, Sam never really tried for that. He was subtle and delicate even when he sang more up-tempo songs, like Twistin' the Night Away, which was one of his biggest hits. He was also a pretty savvy businessman. He started his own publishing, management, and label to essentially control every aspect of his own career. Cool which was something other African-American artists were not doing at that time. Yeah, and I bet they were getting gypped out the wazoo. Yep. He broke ground by playing popular nightclubs that other R&B artists were forbidden to play at that time. Because Why? they were African-American. Oh, and they let him do? Yeah. They let, oh. Yeah, I don't really know why. All right. Unfortunately, as is too often the case with the people we talk about, Sam Cooke's life came to a tragic end in 1964. Drugs! Not quite. Alcohol! Heart Might attack. have had a part of it. His death is actually shrouded in mystery, and no one really knows what actually happened. Oh. You ready for this story? It's a little bit crazy. Let's go. You're going to have to keep up. All right. <laughs> I'm going to shut the hell up, and I'm just going to listen to you. On December 11th, 1964, police answered separate calls for a shooting and a kidnapping at the hotel Sam was staying at in Los Angeles. When they arrived, they found Sam's dead body. He had been shot in the chest and the bullet pierced his heart. The motel manager, a woman named Bertha Franklin, claimed that she shot Sam in self-defense but that was quickly denied by Sam's acquaintances who were not there when it happened. I don't know how they could deny it, but, you know, well, moving on. Bertha claimed that Sam broke down the door to the office, the hotel office, yelling, where's the girl, and then attacked her while he was naked. 
Okay. So she shot him in self-defense, but he kept attacking. So she hit him with a broom handle before he ran off, mortally wounded from the gunshot. Okay. That's her story. Okay. The motel's owner claimed to be on the phone with Bertha when it happened and said she heard the whole ordeal and then called the police. Okay. So that's why they showed up. Okay. So that's two people for this story. Yes. Or but the hotel manager or the hotel owner wasn't there. She was just on but the phone heard when it. it happened. Yes. Okay. Okay. Police soon found out that a woman named Boyer accompanied Sam to the hotel that night. She claims that she met Sam at a nightclub and asked him to take her home, but instead he took her to the hotel and attempted to rape her. Up. She escaped, but in her haste, she accidentally took Sam's clothes and belongings. <laughs> she tried to go to Bertha's office first, but when Bertha took too long to answer the door, she ran out of, she ran out of the hotel, hid Sam's stuff, and then called the police from a payphone. That's her story. So that's why there were two separate calls. One for the shooting that Bertha did. One for the kidnapping on this Boyer girl. Interesting. Okay. Sounds like he's not the um, most uh, kind lover. (laughs) That's the... So that's the only... Like, actual story of what okay. happened that night. But Believe it's, the victims, dude. But it's been called into question many times and disputed by other people at the restaurant where the two met, Sam okay. and Boyer. I mean, she can ask him to take her home and then decide not. Yeah. It has been suggested that she left more than willingly with Sam and then robbed him. Ro- oh. The waiters <laughs> said that he had a lot of money at the restaurant. Like stacks of money but police were never able to find any of it okay but boyer's role was outside the scope of the investigation into whether or not bertha shot sam in self-defense who's boyer boyer is the woman he brought back to the hotel bertha is Is the the woman who shot him so basically say that again the police were basically just investigating the shooting they were investigating whether or not bertha shot sam in self-defense Okay. They could care less about Boyer. She had nothing to do with that. Okay. So they did not investigate her okay. role in any of this, basically. Okay. Eventually, it was ruled that Bertha did shoot Sam in self-defense. Okay. But Sam's family and friends believe there was a conspiracy between... Uh, there was a conspiracy to kill Sam, possibly <laughs> orchestrated by his manager, who okay. would own all of his recordings if Sam died. Okay. Etta James, who is another singer, said she saw Sam's body before the funeral, and it was beaten almost beyond recognition. (gasps) What? His hands were broken, his nose mangled, and his head was almost taken off of his body. What? She thought the injuries were way too bad for Bertha Jorkins to have done that to him in a one-on-one fight. Yeah, that's not a self-defense shooting situation. I mean, she did say she beat him with a broom handle after she shot him because he didn't stop. But, like, it seemed like the injuries were a little bit too intense for even that. Okay. Because she said he ran out of the office after that. But, like, if your head is almost off of your body, you're not going to run out of the office. Oof. Oof. But, 
yeah, so that's, no one really knows. There's a little bit of mystery, a little bit of confusion about what actually oh, no. happened that night and who was actually responsible. Oh, no. But none of that matters for what we're talking about. Why does none of that matter? I feel like all of that very much matters. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's just, it's kind of just a somewhat tragic, but a little bit interesting story. Does anyone else have details on this? I'm sure there's a lot more details than what I was able to find because I was just kind of like brushing through this. Y'all, like, let us let us know if you know this. We want to know. I want to know. What's more important for our purposes is that Sam Cooke was massively influential in developing soul music. We'll leave the story of Sam Cooke with one more song from him called Twistin' the Night Away, which we talked a little bit about earlier. I'm sorry, I can't look at this smiling face and just not wonder if it's a robin. No one knows about that part. Did not invest in One of his songs. That sounds like a lovely song. Yeah. You know, one of the theories about that, about the Boyer situation, is that she didn't really intend to rob him. She went back to the hotel with him, and then he went into the bathroom. And then she saw all of his belongings there, and just like in a spur of the moment, impulsive thing, decided like, that's a lot of money, and grabbed it and ran. That's why mm-hmm. he was naked, because he came out of the bathroom. He's like, where's my stuff? And right. then like, went chasing after her. And that's why whenever he broke into the office, he was yelling, where's the girl? Because wow. she took his stuff. This is this is tough because it could very easily be one or the other. Yeah, that's the thing. No one knows. And it wasn't investigated at all. So no one. I mean, there might be more information than what I found because I, I didn't dig into it a lot. But as far as I know, no one has any idea. Damn. Well, wow. Anyway, moving on from Sam Cooke. <laughs> He's an interesting character, but we're moving on. I enjoyed th- I enjoyed what we listened to. Yeah. In the 60s, soul music branched into two different versions. Northern soul, characterized by Detroit and Chicago, and Southern soul, primarily out of Memphis. Yeah. Northern soul is also known as the Motown sound. Oh. It was more pop-friendly, cleaner, and lighter. We'll talk more about Motown yeah. later. Yeah. Like clean cut, kind of. That's Is that surprising to you? No. Really? I mean, it's like the I feel like Diana Ross and the Supremes. Like, they were pretty clean. Oh, yeah. Like they were. Yeah. The Temptations back in their, like, My Girl phase. They were it's pretty true. clean. Like, it's true. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about Motown later, but it was founded by a guy named Barry Gordy and essentially dominated music in the 60s. In the 60s, Motown, with its team of dedicated songwriters and house musicians, had 80 top 10 hits. It packaged its music as clean-cut and respectable so as to market to white teenagers and audiences. Yep, everything is for the whites. Yep, which, I mean, they did that quite well. They also made some of the female singers, like Diana Ross, use pop music voices instead of their more natural bluesy voices so they could have better crossover success. How dare anyone call <laughs> Diana Ross what to sound like? Yeah, I mean, Honestly, it, though. it made her a superstar. Mm-mm. 
<laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> okay. Also, uh, fun fact, Barry Gordy's, I think, Barry Gordy, the guy who created Motown, his, it's either his son or his grandson is one of the LMFAO guys. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, his great nephew is the other one. Shut up. Yeah, it might just be his son. Body and rocking then, in the house tonight. Yep, that's Barry Gordy's relatives. Even though they were known for the clean-cut pop music, Motown had its fair share of grittier soul singers like Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye. What? It's Stevie Wonder. Yeah, see, 60s. This is when he was getting to sing. Oh, my God. These are people that I know. <laughs> Here's one of Motown's biggest hits in the 60s. It's the Supremes performing You Can't Hurry Love on the I Ed Sullivan Show. I know that song. Yep. I know this one. So excited. Now with the right color background, the <laughs> Supremes color. open with You Can't Hurry Love, and then go into a medley This is a little bit beyond the time frame we're generally so at. It's the Ed Sullivan Show. That's in here. It's great. Just kind of like keep up with soul we're going to cover. Oh. Oh, my God. Almost all of it. Oh my God. Get it. Get it. Get it. Right, no, keep it going. I want to listen to it. Alright, let's get her real up. Get it! Yeah! Well, I mean, we're gonna listen to that probably again when we talk about Motown. The Southern Soul like, Sound. Think, oh my gosh! The Southern Soul Sound was a bit different than the Motown Sound, but ultimately less successful. A record label called Stax Records. I know about Stax Records. I don't know Do you? how. That's weird. But okay. I don't know. I don't know why, but That's I know cool. Stax Records. It, are you sure not confusing with Sun Records? No, I don't know what that is. That's the Elvis label no, also from No, I know Stax Records. Okay. It built its foundation on what is called Deep Soul. It was a more raw and unfiltered version of soul music from singers like Otis Redding and Sam and Dave. Do I know Stax Records? I don't know. I know you know Otis Redding, though. Do I? Yeah, sitting on the dock of the bay. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Stax produced songs with a... Stax produced songs with a driving R&B style rhythm section played by the house band called Booker T and the MGs, along with a funky riff on the horn section called the Marquees. That was the horn section band name. Hell yeah. This band, as well as producing songs in their own right, played on dozens of deep soul hits for many different artists. Stax's biggest star was a guy named Otis Redding, who was very much in the vein of Sam Cooke. Yeah. But like Sam Cooke, Otis had a tragically short life. Oh, no. And died three weeks before the release of his biz- biggest song, 
sitting on the dock of the Seriously? bay. Seriously? Yep. How old was he? Uh, I don't know. Google. I can't smell this candle. You guys, I need good candle he recommendations. He was born in 41 and died in 67. So 25? Oh my God. 26? I'm 25. Is that math right? Four, <laughs> 67 minus 41? I need paper if I'm going to do tips I'm pretty math. sure that's... 67 minus 41. That's a 6. 26. Yeah, 26. He was 26. Oh, my God. He died in a plane crash. Oh. But Stax lived on and kept having other hits with soul artists. Here is Otis Redding. Probably singing Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, but I haven't looked at it. Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, where's the time? Also, I don't know if I covered this, but I don't think this was his song. Really? I think it was like Aretha Franklin. Up that. You know what? That makes sense. Not Aretha, but like one of those type. I'll be sitting in the evening calm Watching the ships rolling It's so interesting to think about the songs that like again. Yeah. Continue on the dock of Yeah, the like how this one has made Watching it Like this so one thousand time. percent on like our beach vibes playlist on Spotify on such a good song <laughs> It's so great I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. God, I love I've music. had nothing to live for, and look like nothing's gonna come my way. So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay. This is just sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah, it's a great song. I that, love that song. No, 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 no. What? This is a vibe. Okay. Wasting time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a depressing thing. He's sitting on the dock of the bay because there's nothing else to do. He has nothing else going on. Yeah. So he's just sitting there just watching the ships. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. I love music. Southern Soul had other superstars. Like the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Aretha. She was a Memphis native who brought blues style God. vocals into soul music and was probably the biggest force in music in the late 60s. She kind of transcends genre, so we're going to talk about her in a bonus episode a little bit down the road because, like, I can't wait. I don't know what to fit her into because she's just everything. So it's like, I don't. She doesn't fit in soul. She doesn't fit in, like, she... Black Americans just put so much yeah. into America and are just shafted all of the time. I was wrong. Sorry. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> that is right. I just read ahead in the script and I was wrong. That was, I'm pretty sure that was Otis Redding. And then Aretha covered. Yes. One of Aretha's biggest songs was a cover of Otis Redding's song. Okay. So, but, you know, with soul music, she's the queen of soul. So we're going to have to play her because, you know, why not listen to Aretha Franklin? Give me Aretha. So here is her version of an Otis Redding song, Respect. <gasps> what? Yep, Otis Respect Redding. Respect is a cover? Yep, Otis Redding wrote this song. We did this in so bad. I think even Otis admitted that her version was better, though. But he's like, yeah, sure, take it. Here's the better. That's great. That's healthy. What you oh my want? God. Baby, I got 
Yes, power pose. Get it. See, this is this helps show the difference between Southern Soul and Northern Soul. Why? You think about Diana Ross and her pop vocals compared to the Supremes. You think of the song we listen to from the Supremes and how they have like a popular sound, and this is just a reason just belting. Otis Redding's version. Oh. Wow. Man. Here's Otis Redding's version of Respect. He did. He did this in Show Fire and Madison had a nosebleed. He didn't do it. <laughs> what you want? No. What have you got it? And what you need? Stand up straight, my man. I'm not, but you should. Does not look like a twenty four by the way. No, he does he not. He looks like he's in his thirties. Oh, Aretha is one thousand percent better. Take me back. But at the same time, she couldn't do sitting on the dock of the bay like he could. No. Like it's just different well, artists. Are well, she probably. Could. I don't think it'd be as good. I think his voice suited that better. I think certain vocalists just suit songs. And that was his, and respect was his. And that's where we're going to leave soul music for now. Can we turn on Aretha again? Yeah, we'll end with it. Soul music had a massive impact on things like funk, contemporary R&B, and hip-hop. I'm sure we'll touch on it more later, but we're just kind of leaving it here for now because you kind of have to. Next week, or next episode, we'll talk about Ray Charles, who was one of the most important soul musicians of the 50s. And kind of like he was one of the founding artists. He kind of set the genre. He's, he, him and him and James Brown and Sam Cooke were really the three who like established the genre and what it was. And then just kind of everyone else formed, followed in line behind them. All right. Well, that's soul music. What do you think about it? Did you actually pay attention? <laughs> Alright, this is long enough. I'm going to have a lot of editing to do on this one. Join us next episode as we talk about Ray Charles. He's a fun, fun story. I like him a lot. And tell me whether or not I need to shut the hell up. Happy guys, have a great week. Bye.